0: just feeling real good. Man. I was excited. I, we're recording this podcast in America, and what a blessing. You know, <laughs> that's what I was feeling just then. Hey, is
1: this probably going to come out around the 4th of July? Uh-huh. How do you say that? Oh, it probably. sounds so sarcastic.
2: Yeah. Wow. Subconscious took over. What a right blessing. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm so happy you started that way because I was thinking, you know, after listening to our last episode, like, how do you follow that, man? That was mm. us on our A game. Yeah, this is—is is, is it, it destined to be a rebound? This episode is just a rebound. That's sad. That is sad. That's
0: all right. Hey, but that means the next one after this is going to be even better. That's <laughs> the one we marry.
2: So, <laughs> that's the episode you marry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, maybe what will save it is—is is the topic. Uh, I feel like Hunter should talk about it. Yeah, I mean, really, he's probably the only one that brings solid information to this if we'
0: if we're, we're bring a little bit, bringing a little bit outside the box
2: here if we were going to do a tier list of
0: people qualified to talk about this upcoming topic, I'd probably be number one, but right behind me would be Hunter. Yeah, you know, so I yeah. feel like I should have just allowed him. And to Chase into likes it a bit. to play
1: the mystery man guy, anyway. No so doubt. right, that's kind How of a my sticks. You'll allow him to take the top. He's saving yeah. up for episodes 101 to 199. That's when he's really going to shine. <laughs> People <laughs> won't even know
2: it's
0: coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who
2: is this guy?
1: The sleeper. Uh,
2: okay, so we're talking about uh, because of the time of year it is and what's coming down the line at Coyote Fitness. We're talking about competitions today. Yes which are complex things, believe it or not. Wait, why, why, why this time of year is that important?
0: Because
1: the Coyote Classic is coming oh
0: up. Oh my gosh, the Coyote Classic. It's a classic. Boom. What, what's the
1: date of it? The fifth Coyote Classic. The fifth annual. Ch- uh, we should pause
2: here and say beautifully named. What if people literally pause, though? Oh, sorry. I didn't them? mean the episode. Oh, I okay. meant just
1: to think for a moment. Pause. Pause your episode Pause, and go register now. Coyote yeah.
2: Classic is like the Seinfeld of names for a crossfit competition. Mm. It's just going to hold off, off the tongue. It's yeah, rolls, rolls off the, off the, the tongue. tongue.
0: What's, the, what's the date on it, Hunter?
2: July 25th and 26th. Mm. The Warm. days in Warm.
1: Mississippi. The days you need to get warm. <laughs> it's it's be warm. the last weekend of June, and we bumped it back a month just with uh, the 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 coronavirus and all that. All the what? That, all that um, <laughs> the, co- the COVID. The COVID. Oh, I, I, I heard a guy right.
2: combine those two. It was pretty funny the other day. All the, right. So what let's did talk- he, wait. Hold
1: on. Hold on. How did he do that? What <laughs> I, did he say? I can't
2: even say it how he did. He he combined COVID and Corona in a way. COVID nineteen. Cobra. Yeah. And no, he just left the num- the numbers like that's way too much. I can't. <laughs> yeah. We I mean, gotta leave that <laughs> off. messed up this far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think we should say this competition has uh grown and morphed over the years and mm-hmm. become something pretty awesome yeah. it, it is truly an event that goes on inside of our gym it is the event of the year the event of the year did we get aerosmith uh, yeah no well i think that's the 10th tenth, we, tenth we would it's have tenth. but with the lung issues and the virus yeah, <laughs> yeah. <this> guy, <laughs> steven tyler they weren't really booked but uh yeah,
1: yeah. But, i mean i'm sorry continue uh, yeah, so this will be the fifth year we do it. It's, uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, it's one of my favorite things we do every year. I just I really enjoy putting it on uh, the competition, being there. There's a lot of energy. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's grown. I, I would say we had probably almost 150 competitors last year, if I, if I, if I can remember, over 100 for sure. Um, but, yeah, well, Saturday's uh, individual t- competition team Sunday – Um, we always get a lot of people from throughout the Southeast, um, that, that come and compete and it's fun, but I I thought it would be fun for us to talk about kind of what goes into the back end of things because, you know, most people, um, when it comes to competition, um, you register and then you show up and you compete and then you leave and you don't really think about all that it took to actually, you know, put it, put it all together. Um, so, you know, over the years we've kind of. I guess not perfected it, but we've gotten a lot better at what all it takes. We also put one on in Flowood and uh, we're, we're hoping to add more um, in the future, uh, possibly one in Oxford as well. And um, so, um, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to talk about everything that goes into it because it's something that I really enjoy doing. So one of the things I'll point out is that I realized in, during one of these years that
2: you were slowly testing the programming and, uh, I started to, hate. yeah, I started <laughs> to hate my life. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on in this place, but I'm about to join big box gym somewhere <laughs> cause I'm getting decimated every day in this place. But, but this leads me to my question, where does it start? So every year you have, uh, knowing you, you've got, you guys have some sort of pattern of like, all right, mm-hmm. this class is coming up. Here's step one.
1: Yeah. So we created a, uh, well, I created a, uh, kind of like a, a calendar. So it you you figure out when when the date is and you can backtrack this needs to be done by this date this needs to be done by this date so the first thing you got to do is pick your dates so uh we've always tried to be um the last weekend of june typically um we always look at it there's a couple of things we try to avoid we try to avoid father's day uh one year we had it on father's day weekend and a lot of um, people didn't compete because it was Father's Day and they had other stuff going on. And then you also want to avoid being too close to the 4th of July, um, because people will be, you know, going out of town for that type of thing. And then there's also typically, uh, like a state tournament baseball for kids that weekend, and that can affect a lot of people. So we try to avoid those major things, but this year we had to push it back. So the only thing we really looked at in July was we wanted to be far enough away from the 4th of July and also... We want to try to get as far away from um, coronavirus stuff to make sure that we were able to um, have the competition yeah, and, and have people come and watch and a safe environment. Um, but we also wanted to be before the CrossFit Games um, and then the Open, which would be shortly after that. So the CrossFit Games is the first weekend of August, so we're, we're going to be the weekend before that. So that's the first thing is you just got to pick your date. Um, and then from there, um, the next thing is going to be figure out when we're registration is going to open. And uh, we do our registration. Uh, we used to do it through Eventbrite and we switched to, to competition corner for our uh, winter classic and flow with this year and it worked out really well. So we'll continue to do that. So it'll be um, just getting everything set up and announcing, uh, getting the graphics made by our graphic designer and then um, announcing, announcing it and then uh, announcing the registration date. So all that is pretty far in advance. So we've already announced uh, the dates. Uh, we'll announce the registration dates. By the time this comes out, it'll, registration will be open. Um, and then the next thing is um, we start looking um, for sponsors. Um, now, at this point, we have a pretty good sponsor list um, that we will just go, go back in touch with them, and say, hey, you sponsored in the last, um, in the in the past, would you like to sponsor? And we basically have three tiered sponsors. The lowest tier would be um, you get your name on a T-shirt, and we'll also give you a social media shout-out the week of, say thank you for your sponsorship. Um, then the middle tier would be you get your name on the shirt, we'll give you a social media shout-out, and you can also set up a booth at the competition. Um, and then the top tier would be a workout sponsor. So you could uh, um, get your name on the shirt, we'll give you a social media shout-out. Um, you can set up at the at the competition if you want, but you can also sponsor a workout. So it'll be whatever workout presented by this company, and we'll we'll that'll be in all the graphics for the workout, and then also we'll talk about it at the competition. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. We'll we'll you know make a list of potential sponsors, divide that up between people, um, between our coaches, and then we'll uh, we'll go approach them. So those so is it would it be appropriate now if we have you know business owners
2: listening to talk about do they need to contact you to get the prices on that, or is that part of yeah. the sale that you make?
1: Yeah, if, if you're interested in sponsoring, I, I wasn't planning on, on asking for sponsors for this, but yeah, if anybody listening to this wants to, they, they can just contact us we'll get them the information. Cool. Um, yeah, so then, so that, you know, that takes some time as far as going out, talking to people, um, and, and, and seeing if, if they want to sponsor it. We also will talk to our uh, product, the people we purchase our product from see if they want to sponsor by sending send product drugs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like uh progenics has sponsored in the past kill cliff that type of stuff and they'll send us stuff to give prizes to give away to uh to our our athletes um we also will uh use that sponsorship money as prize money for uh the winners in the rx uh category so we'll also use that for um to to do that and also pay for the shirts that we that we get so that's, uh, that's kind of the, the big, th- the, probably the, the longest um, process is, is finalizing the sponsors, getting their graphics, getting those to our um, graphic designer, getting him to design the shirt and put them all on the shirt and all that type of stuff. Um, then the next step obviously would be uh, creating the workouts and that's something that I do. Um, and like you said, um, typically I will uh, have programmed the workouts pretty far in advance in a class setting, um, maybe a different variation, but most, most of the workout, um, just so I can get an idea how long it's taking people, um, what the flow looks like. Um, I, I generally have an idea when I write a workout how long it's gonna take most people. Um, but I, you know, obviously you don't ever know for sure until people do it. So that's something that we'll uh, look at and then kind of look at the workouts and how the individual workouts are. And then you also got to come up with all the variations. You know, we've always done RX and scaled and then you got the masters and the teens, and then also kids workouts. And then you got the team divisions, um, and those workouts. And there's a lot that goes into that. You got to think about, um, is probably the hardest part to, to come up with the logistics of. You gotta think about the flow of the workout, the equipment you have available, how much space it's gonna take, how long it's gonna take, um, the skill levels involved, like what, what are you trying to accomplish in that workout, how the workouts play off of each other, um, to create a well-rounded test, because if you're gonna only have four events, you, you gotta have a, a good variety of workouts to make sure um, it's, it's well-rounded enough to, to get a good winner. So there's a lot that goes into that um and you know the workouts we could do in flowwood might be a little different than the workouts we could do at madison just because of the layout of the place and we've made the the mistake in the past um of you know obviously we've done this a lot so we can kind of learn and see what it takes but um having workouts that require a whole lot of equipment setup um takes a whole lot of volunteers and it can take a lot of time so for example we've done this uh snatch speed ladder snatch uh and uh clean and jerk speed ladder in the past and those were really really cool and they were really fun to watch very exciting but it took a tons of weights tons of time to set up everything um and it was just a really big headache whereas now we've kind of gone towards more of like put the weights out there and Um, say it's like a one rep max or a three rep max effort, then let them have the weights and they can load their own weights during their workout and it doesn't take near as many people and as much time to set all that stuff up. So, um, you know, and just in general workouts, like if you do a big long chipper that has rowing and wall balls and muscle ups and overhead squats and um, burpees and stuff like that, well then you got a lot of pieces of equipment on the floor. It's gonna take up a lot of room. We're limited on room. we we can't flow everything like the CrossFit game scan. So, um, and then if you're doing, say you're doing ring muscle ups and pull ups in the same workout, well, are people going to be bumping into each other when they're doing all that type of stuff? So there's a lot of a lot of that that plays plays into a, effect there. And then another aspect is the length of the workouts, um, and you got to think about how many people are going to be signed up, how many people can you fit in a heat. And are you going to be able to get everybody through all the workouts in a timely manner and be done by four or five? I've been in a workout uh, competition before that didn't get done till 11 o'clock at night because the first workout wasn't done till three o'clock in the afternoon because it had so much rowing in it. So, you know, we want we don't want people to be there till six or seven o'clock at night. We want to get everybody out in and out by hopefully four or five. Um, So you got to you got to take that into account as well so there's a lot obviously a lot of stuff that goes
2: into this event but the the interesting part about it is if you do it right the people who are participating in it don't even really think about all oh, this. Oh yeah they,
1: they don't think about it at all and um if you do it right you can um lay the schedule out uh beforehand so everything runs on time and you they don't have to worry about it they know when they're working out and they don't have to think about it that's that's one of the most you know i've done a lot of competitions i added up a added it up one day and it was over 50 that i've done in my life crossfit competition so i've been i've done a lot and probably the most frustrating thing other than finishing late is not um running on time or not knowing when you're supposed to be doing stuff because um, you don't know when you need to be eating and and you might eat and then all of a sudden you got to go work out or you might be warming up for an hour and a half just waiting for your turn because they're running super late um so that's one of the most important things for us is I want to make sure that we run on time and stick to the schedule so that everybody knows when they're going to be working out and when they need to be warming up and when they can eat and all that type of stuff and then obviously getting out of there on time because people drive you know a long way to come and compete and we don't want them finishing up at seven o'clock on Sunday night and having to drive four hours back home yeah, so we—that's uh, considered of you, Hunter. Um, yeah, very nice. Yeah, very nice of you. Thank you. You would say
2: that the workouts though are probably the hero uh, of the, of the ball, basically. Yeah. Like, it's it, so all this bellow stuff. Bell the ball. Yeah, bell of the ball. Sorry, thank you. You saw me struggle and I made the mistake. <laughs> um, all this stuff has to go really well, mm-hmm. and if. if and and we made some mistakes early on, we follow the art of the start around here, like, you're gonna be embarrassed of the first version of your product, but it's time to move, let's get Mm -hmm. this thing going. Uh, So if registration is a little bit clunky, it's it's kind of frustrating, but you can get it worked out, and there's so many details, like, well, everything was fine, but my t-shirt size, I couldn't put the t-shirt size in for my partner, and this is a partner workout, partner competition. You get all that stuff really dialed in, um, and that's great, but the people that are, are are in the competition, the main thing they're drilling down on or focusing on mm-hmm. those the workouts. workouts. Oh, what, yeah. You know, when, and we you even release, and this is something that uh, obviously you didn't make this up, but it's an important piece of it. Like, okay, for these categories here, the standards, standard movements, mm-hmm.
1: we got to release those, right? You know, yeah. So, so so once we figure out what the workouts are, then we know. Then we can go ahead and post. Here's the standard, so people know. All right, which category do I need to be competing in? And then they, then we'll open registration at that point and people can start registering. And then uh, when it gets closer, typically a couple weeks before, we will actually announce the workouts one day at a time. Um, so then people can really, once they start seeing the workouts, they get, start getting excited about the competition. And it's like, oh, they can practice the workouts. They, they get an idea what it's gonna be like maybe they on the fence on whether they can do one category or other and once they see they can make their decision and then a lot of people will say "Ooh, those workouts look fun I want to do that competition um, and so that's <clears throat> the eye appeal is very important um, because we want to make workouts that look like they're going to be fun um, because nobody wants to do a workout that's just like "Ah, oh, that looks kind of that kind of lame, you know? So, you know what would be the number one signal for that? was that? A workout that has box
2: step ups. <laughs> Nobody's signing up for that competition. Right. I don't care if you say you have to do it with 225 on your back. People are like, Ooh, I'm not, I'm not. That, that sounds it's,
1: terrible. It's a box step up. Um, yeah, yeah. Box step ups are not sexy by any means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> but, uh, so I wrote an article about programming a while ago and it was called the art and the science of programming. And the combination of the two. And I'm really big on the eye appeal um, of workouts as far as the rep schemes, how they play off each other, how it looks on paper. Um, I mean, that's just really important to me. And that's kind of the art of programming, in my, in my opinion. Um, Dave Castro is also really big on that as well. If you'll ever notice, like um, he loves to, to play the numbers off of each other. And so that's something that I like to do. Um, and just make it look, look cool and fun and make it and really try to keep it simple. Um, simple is, is brutally effective typically in CrossFit. And so a lot of times in a lot of competitions, people just try to get really fancy and come up with this crazy rep scheme and these crazy movements. And, uh, it just kind of takes away from it. But the more simple you can create and just like a classic CrossFit type workout, um, I think is the, um, is is what's going to be the best best decision for for workouts and what's going to give you the most fun and the most effective dose? Like we all know, like a workout with just two or three movements, like a twenty one fifteen nine, sometimes with a lightweight, those just just destroy you. So that's kind of what we're going for.
0: Here's a question I have. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Given the scale of this event, undoubtedly every year there's like new people, or there's people that it's their first time. Either doing the classic or first time competing. doing a competing in general, uh, wh- what's advice for people that are even like the casual people? Like, how do you how do you prep for a competition?
1: Yeah, uh, you want to talk about that at the end. You, you want you wanna, yeah, you well, wanna, sure. Let's circle back to that and then get kind of get to all the behind the scenes, and then we can talk about like okay. what actually get to it. If I you almost don't feel
2: like the way you ask that question, you're thinking about being a part of the classic. Why are you your. stealing my thunder, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna show up. Yeah, that's right. Look who's back. So, uh, Shady. Uh, once you get past, the, you know, the workouts, post the workouts, um, you gotta uh, make sure you order the t-shirts. Um, now, one thing, we try to get as many people signed up early enough so we know how many shirts we need. But it's it, there's always gonna be people signing up last minute, and some people close the registration a week or two in advance. I don't like doing that because a lot of people we've seen in the past will sign up the week of. And so we wanna keep that open and give people that opportunity. Um, So we just order extra shirts. I just try to get a a pretty good idea of how many shirts we gotta order. So then you order the shirts, then you also gotta um, get the medals and trophies, make sure they're ordered, make sure your prize packs are ready, um, make sure the photographer's set up to come, make sure you got your MC, um, which we use the same guy every time, he's awesome. Um, And then, I'm trying to think what else, you know, you got to make sure the thing is set up beforehand with the caution tape, make sure the warm up area is set up. Um, and then the weekend of, the day of, those are really fun. They go, it goes by really fast. Um, and my biggest thing at this point is just making sure we're on time, making sure we're, we're moving, setting up equipment in between heats, um, making sure we're sticking to the schedule. Um, that's another thing. I always set the schedule. I put all the heats together. Uh, think about how much time we need in between events, in between heats, how much time it's gonna set, set up, take to set up and then put the heats out. Um, and then I just try to make sure that everything runs according to schedule. And you know, we have Chris and he's in charge typically of the judges and making sure um, all the movement is done uh, correctly. The judges know what they're doing. Um, and then Caleb will, will kind of help with making sure everything's set up in between events and for the, all the, all the movements and everything. Um and then the day of, you know, we have the athlete briefing in the morning, we go over the the flow of the day, we go over the workouts, the standards, we do the thing, we do the competition, we have the award ceremony at the end, and then we kind of clean it up, break it down, get it you know, clean the floor, get it ready for the next day, and then do it again on Sunday. Sunday's always the hard day because it's the team competition. There's tons of people in there, tons of people watching trying to make sure we we flow through everything get everybody done and then uh after two days we're pretty pretty exhausted so it's a lot of fun most impressive part is that it doesn't interrupt the flow of business yeah <laughs> yeah and we and, and that's you know shout out to all the people who volunteer we we couldn't do it without them you know there's a lot it's it's always amazing to me sunday evening 5 thirty six, whenever we get done and there's 10 people still hanging out helping us clean everything up set it up for the next day and we always have the classes um, kind of as their cool down uh, for the workout on Friday, um, moving equipment out of the way, out of the gym. And then on Monday, um, we'll just make sure we have the equipment we need for the Monday morning workout and then we'll have everybody on Monday kind of help um, bring everything. So if each person in class grabs one or two things, it's it's usually set back up by the Monday afternoon.
2: Yeah, and I think everybody's proud to do that. Part and One thing we haven't discussed is it's really awesome to have that many different people across that large of an area see your gym. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of pride around yeah. that, you know, especially uh, the type of gym uh, locations that we have. Mm-hmm. You're proud to show them off. That's and right. It's cool to see that look when people, especially, uh, they drive quite a distance, that haven't been before. They have an expectation, and every single time that expectation is exceeded. Right. Uh, which is pretty, uh, yeah, I get. And it makes you feel like uh, even volunteering during the competition, you're like, yeah, I, I get to work out here. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a per, I'm a part of this community. There's just a lot of pride around it, which is pretty cool. So, you know, and then on the backside of it is people are evaluating. They take the whole experience. But what most people discuss that I hear actually afterwards is two things. The, the level of excitement. People love that. But then they also talk about, yeah, it was a great test. I mean, Mm -hmm. because that's where you can really fumble. You can do all this other stuff right as just like a a pencil pushing geek. You know, you can get that going, but to be able to have a solid competition and the thing that's showing up is people, once they experience it, if it's a good, if it's programmed well and run well, they show back up. It builds over time and that's exactly what we're experiencing.
1: Right, yeah, and that's what we go for it. You know, if we keep seeing the same people every year, um you know we know we're doing a good job and so that's what we've been trying to do and we take a lot of pride in it and we take a lot of pride in trying to put on the best possible competition that we can um and I just I love doing it it's like I said it's one of my favorite things to do so um it's great but let's let's go to Chase's question and what should you do to get ready for it um just uh number one consistently uh working out so um coming to, you know, working out, doing the gym, going to the gym consistently. Um, a couple months out, <clears throat> you probably wanna start increasing your volume so your body can start getting used to doing multiple workouts in a day. So whether that's, you know, doing a workout in the morning and then doing something else again at night or, you know, doing a couple different pieces to your workouts uh, each day. So maybe you do your workout and then you do some extra strength and maybe some extra conditioning or extra gymnastics to help your body get ready for that volume. Um, and slowly start ramping that up. Uh, maybe thinking about uh, what workout, what movements have they done in the past that I'm not too great at, maybe really trying to fine tune those, try to build some capacity in those. Um, you, you know, all, knowing your history is always extremely important. So looking back and seeing what the workouts were in the past so you can kind of get an idea of what they, what they might be this time. And then, uh, yeah, just, just slowly ramping up the volume over, I would say, a, a month, month and a half up until you know they announce the workouts and obviously you can practice the workouts get a get a game plan for those i would definitely run through each of them um at least once get an idea of how they feel um how you broke it up how you could maybe break it up better to uh to maximize your time and then um you really want to once you get to the week before you really want to start to uh taper off and um drop the volume down so your body is ready and then the week of um, it's really just kind of possibly doing a couple of workouts, but really just um, maybe going through pieces of the workouts, fine-tuning everything, um, and um, and just really getting ready to hit it hard that weekend.
2: I can tell you I'm a part of a lot of guys getting ready for these. I don't compete very much for a couple of different reasons, but uh, I do work out with the guys that are getting ready. I can give some pretty solid advice here. The first is if you see a competition that is programmed the assault bike and burpee box jump overs together, run. <laughs> Don't even worry about getting a refund. Just like pay them to not participate in that particular they workout. They deserve your money for being that bold. They deserve your money, and you deserve to not experience that level of pain. Uh, which leads to my second part of advice. I think uh, it's important to be able to dial in how you experience that intensity. And the Open usually does a lot of that for people. Um, but it's a little bit different when you're in front of, in front of folks. And you know, having people circle around and watch how you're doing on a workout, and especially if you're like, hey, I'm trying to reduce my time on this or watch me on that, you just you got to acclimate yourself a little bit to that. Because I, c- I can tell you, even when we kind of set up these mock you know, pre-classic classics over in the back somewhere, it's just different when you like a, a person goes before you and then you go. You can really and this this is a long story, but this really made me appreciate froning in a different way after I had this experience. But you can really be thrown off your workout game by someone else, and you can crash and burn and actually do much worse because you throw out all of your preparation and just kind of like I'm gonna go for it, which sometimes is not a very good strategy. So. Um, the other thing that I've seen a lot of guys where they fail is that they don't get the rest part correct. Mm -hmm. Um, even at a competition, they're like, it's just such a social event, you know, and some of the people that I've seen in the classic that have done the best over time, they do their workouts and then they find that athlete area. They're off their feet. They're propped up on their workout bag. Mm -hmm. They're making sure to get those, uh, that nutrition in throughout the day, um, And I know we're talking about a certain level here, but I think even guys are like, hey, I'm going to sign up for the team for the first time. Well, if you're at this team competition, you're just constantly walking around glad handing, having conversations with people. You're going to affect your performance. That's right. So those are a couple of pitfalls I've seen people fall
1: into over the years watching this competition. Yeah, and, and nutrition is so big on that front. So many people will do one and they don't even bring any food to eat that you got to know beforehand what you're going to eat the entire day. That way you don't even have to think about it or you're like, oh, you guys are going to have lunch today. What do, what do you guys <laughs> have for lunch? Like you don't need to be thinking the day of your competition after you've done two workouts what you're going to eat for lunch or what you're going to drink or all that type of stuff. You need to have all that planned out um, beforehand so you know and make sure that you're eating. Like, Because when you're competing, you don't really feel like eating. But if you don't eat those last couple workouts, you're just going to crash and burn. Um, and so making sure you get enough fuel, um, is, is crucial. And like you said, um, when I'm competing, I'm like so tired. I'm going and laying down, I'm falling asleep, taking a nap in between events. Um, I don't know how people go around and just talk to everybody the whole time. It's It's, crazy. Yeah. It's uh, some people do that, but I just can't do that. I have to go and kind of recharge my battery in between events. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Any more brain busters?
2: We no, have one on its way.
0: Oh. oh, the the fun, uh, the
2: uh, differently fun one. <laughs> the diff, uh. differently fun. Yeah, it's my favorite time of an episode. Uh, outside. outside, outside. outside. The oh, no falsetto. No, I don't know. We're trying something new every episode. It's all right. We started off with the... Uh, what, no, whatever. National it, Anthem. There it is. There it is. Star Spangled
0: Banner. <laughs> you tired. almost said
2: Pledge of Allegiance.
0: Hey, but you know what energized me? This question, man This ben. question.
2: I, and I instantly had an answer, which usually isn't the case. I did as well. I had two answers,
1: actually. You? Oh, I got, I got a lot of answers. <laughs> I got Always. all answers. <laughs>
2: all right. Pretentious. Occasionally,
1: <laughs> about every
2: ten episodes, you get a quote out of Hunter that you could just pull out and just drop it. You could text that to someone on a regular... <laughs> Oh, I got a lot of answers. I got all the answers. <laughs> I got all the answers. You need an answer? I got okay. it.
1: Uh, so it doesn't co- mean it's going to be right, but I got one. I I can, I
2: can definitely answer you. The question is, we have to make sure that we frame this correctly. Okay. But the question is, if you could compete in any competition, which one would you choose? The assumption, though, is that if you can compete in it, you like miraculously have the ability to hold your own
0: and like you're really like you're really good like, you're, really like good. are
2: you a superstar in this event like yeah. that
0: like you're the dream version of participating in this event
2: i look i would take even just middle of the pack but just
1: being on the field yeah or not the or
2: embarrassing person that everybody's waiting around to finish yeah. like you don't want to be like i don't want to be the rudy story in this competition <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I don't
0: i don't want to get a medal for just getting on the no field. no no,
2: no. I, and i'll just i'll just be in the middle but to be able to be in this competition and hang you know, and, and I think it has to be assumed this would never actually really happen. Oh, yeah. You We're know? a little too far gone.
0: Well, actually, that's
2: not true. Don't one mean. of mine, I'm not <laughs> too far gone. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I've, I just have one answer for this because it is my number one. I don't have like a, a stack of three. Mm. I would want to compete in the Olympics. Okay. All of them. No, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Every event. Okay, so there's a backstory to this. I, coming of age... Things affect you in different ways, and I remember the campaign of Dan and Dan. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. No. Man, it that is. There's probably a book on that somewhere. Probably. I'm um, man, it was there it was tough. Like, ESPN 30 for 30. These guys were decathletes, right? Well, they did a lot of things, but at the Olympics, that was the thing. It was Dan and Dan, and America's gonna take the top two medals. It's a done deal. They're on cereal boxes. I mean, every, and and some really rough stuff happens. Uh, But that's where I was introduced to that. And the number one reason I would want to be a part of this competition is because I have always wanted to be able to throw the javelin. Huh. It does seem fun. And when, it, like, when a javelin throw goes well, you're like, that is unbelievable. That's what Sparta looked like. That a human <laughs> could throw something that stays in the air that long. You know, it's just, of course, yeah. and I'm fascinated by the shot put and the discus and all that. But the javelin is one of those things where you're not like driving past the local park and everybody's just throwing a javelin. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to think, all right. That's a safety hazard there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go purchase one of those and find somebody that can teach me how to do that. Man, it would just be like, in fact, after this episode is over, I'm probably going to lose an hour of my life just YouTubing ja- amazing javelin. That's throws. a worthwhile YouTube hole. It though. feels like yeah. it, yeah. So that is my number one complete answer. I would suffer through all, like, all the running stuff and like whatever. I'm just here to throw the javelin. And the pole vaulting would probably be pretty spectacular too because I feel pretty confident the way that I would go over that bar and handle the fall to the mat would be pretty epic. But it's the javelin throw that makes this my number one answer.
1: Well, why don't you just do the javelin throw event? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would get the press if I were just an amazing oh, okay. javelin. You, you want the you want I the, want the fame. You want the fame from yes. that comes from. Yes, yeah, that's being why I started Catholic. with Dan and Dan. Okay. So, my thought when when this question was posed, it goes to three different options. Number 1 Classic would be Connor. what is the biggest event in the world? And that would be the World Cup finals soccer. So that, w- that was my first thought. Second thought would be NBA Finals Game 7. That was Ooh, my second thought. That Pressure's be awesome. on. But to me, it would just have to be uh, being quarterback in the Super Bowl. I think that is just the penultimate experience. That says so much about your personality. All of these
2: competitions are 100% pressure cookers. Oh, yeah. And then you pick the, the most o- eyes on you. Yeah. The most eyes and, like, you, you could be the best quarterback to have ever been a quarterback and if you flop in a Super Bowl, but if But if you, but your if your you win bus, the Super Bowl. But if you win the Super Bowl, you marry a supermodel. That's right. That's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, if that's you win
1: That's
0: <laughs> uh, All right.
2: So, so far we have an Olympian and the Super Bowl quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterback. MVP.
0: So my, I have two options. It's not like Hunter's. Mine's more of a if not this, then this, uh, but for different, for two different reasons. So if I'm doing this for just me, and something that I think would be exciting to be good at, uh, mainly because of my humor, I think it would be fantastic to be on the U.S. curling team. I for knew the, that was coming, the <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> the, to be the guy t that i don't even know what it's called <laughs> the, the, the the rock, the rock. yeah <laughs> the rock with the handle on it i want to be the actually i would be a sweeper too i would be okay with that but i think if i had my choice it would be the guy taking a knee gliding that thing with the perfect push down to the middle because your aim is what matters you know like i want i want to set it on its course and then i trust my two guys to uh, to get it there uh at the proper speed uh but and if, if I'm doing this for the biggest payoff with longevity and the fame and glory that comes with it, I think I want to be the goalie that blocks the, the fifth penalty kick in the World Cup final. I think that is, that, that is penultimate because uh, the, the soccer, like I don't care your stance, whatever. It is the biggest sport in the world. And the, like the amount of people that are watching the World Cup when that goes on, uh, un, unfathomable. And soccer players get freaking paid. They not do. for the World Cup, or maybe they do, but it's not much. But if I'm in the World Cup, then obviously I'm playing on some club team somewhere, and I'm making
2: oodles Bank. of money. Oodles, of, oodles and oodles. That's a scenario, though, where, and you've one up Hunter here, I think, realizing it, if you're successful... You're a hero for a lifetime. If mm-hmm. you're unsuccessful, they shoot you in the street. See, I think,
0: but I think, I agree, but I think the person kicking is the biggest dog. Because as a goalie, everybody knows you got, you're, at a you just, you're jumping somewhere. Yeah. You, just, you, you choose before you even go where you're as a goalie, you know, and it's just luck that you choose the right uh, side that they're kicking to. Mm-hmm. So and it's, it's kind of like winning rock, paper, scissors. You know what I mean? That's that's what being a goalie is like in a penalty kick. Mm. So anyway, yeah. that's my choice.
2: Yeah, those are solid. I like it. I like yeah. it. Man, we've never done that really with an outside the box. Where like this is such a good question. I have a definitive answer, and we don't. I mean, you're not going to convince me otherwise. I've been over here trying to think of like my second runner up, mm-hmm. and everything just feels so fifth place to the javelin throw. <laughs> you know really? uh, none <laughs> of us really said really niche you know none of us said any, any of the like motorsports so i thought i thought i
0: thought about day 2500 just cuz it's interesting
2: but no one cares and maybe in like the 80s no one cares i would do that i,
1: I couldn't care less about any motorsport honestly
2: i mean and a lot of those things are life and death i mean that's like yeah it know, can be seriously so yeah I, I think the other forms of competition just kind of pale in comparison yeah. You know, um, maybe the masters. Did Hunter say anything baseball related? No. Well, uh, sir, I just noticed that that's because baseball sucks. Thought. Is that what that's you said? Baseball sucks. is not
1: the most fun sport to play. I would agree with that. Or watch. Yeah. Or watch. Yeah. Well,
2: you heard it here first. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, but the Hunter's take, not I baseball. think we do have to, we have to clarify because I'm sure we have some baseball people listening there are a lot of magic moments in baseball. Yeah, there oh, are. For and sure. I mean, I
1: spend a a lot, a lot of my life playing baseball. Um but to me, I always enjoyed actually playing soccer um and basketball games better and then nothing beats a football like championship game. Nothing yeah, beats the true. energy energy coming from the stands.
0: Yeah, it's just the amount of pre- like you can't create that amount of pressure in the, in the World Series
1: like you can. I mean, in- you're you know, every, all kid, every kid does it. Bottom of the ninth, game seven, <laughs> bases loaded down by three, three-two count. Like, you're not going to top that as far as pressure situation, but um, just in a general game, uh, nothing is going to beat the, um, you know, the electricity um, coming from the stands of a Super Bowl game. I mean, a World Cup final, possibly. I don't know. I mean, they're all... As an American, you probably couldn't speak to that. Yeah. Um, I will say this
2: will be surprising that my my second runner. I almost said it uh, because it were, would require me to be a completely different human, mm-hmm. which I think would be intriguing. But uh, I've watched a couple of documentaries on these lately, the ultra marathoner across the desert nope. sort of no. thing. Nope. I'm like, man.
0: What, the,
1: the, the racing one? Yeah. The Baja it, 1000? 100, 100 miles. In the yeah, it now.
2: lost out because there's very little the fame. The David, David Goggins? Yeah, but uh, uh. It, <laughs> there's a chance I would be better at CrossFit if I could actually do that because I could, uh. I could hang for more than a minute and 40 seconds in a workout. Uh, but watching those... I just have a lot of
1: respect for those folks. Oh, I have so much respect. There's zero chance that I would ever want to do that. <laughs> like the, yeah, What's the payout?
2: Oh, I got this cool pair of Brooks, you know? <laughs> yeah, <you're> just, <laughs> I don't want to
0: be a part of a sport where I'm just waiting for my legs to go numb so I can continue. Keep going, yeah.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> anyway. All right, yeah, that's solid. I think other people will probably have some pretty definitive opinions about that as well. A lot of it comes down to your hopes and dreams, but um, I'm, I think maybe... I think I'm going to say, I'm going to research how much a javelin costs on Amazon. I don't care how much it weighs.
1: I would like to see the package that comes in.
2: (laughs) It's like warning, you know? Yeah, we're going to get that figured out. Maybe if I purchase it, we could just hang it on the wall at Cody Fitness. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, hey, what's the javelin about? You ever met that guy back there? (laughs) He's got a story to tell you. (laughs) All right. Recommends. Yeah. Recommends let's do it I don't have one you don't have it <laughs> we showed up for 10 episodes are you gonna leave us here I didn't think about it enough honestly he's,
1: he's I good came for up a with one, one for two effort yeah.
2: typically yeah so, okay I see what you're saying my, paper two
1: you get one <laughs> alright Hunter you go first uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my theme from last episode um, and thinking about old books that I really enjoyed that I would like to read again um, The Count of Monte Cristo have you guys read that is that a uh, yeah, I did. Alexander it, Dumas. It's it, been a long time. It is. It's it's awesome, awesome book. It's uh, the story of uh, sweet, sweet revenge and uh, the emptiness that comes with it. So I would highly recommend The Count of Monte Cristo. Those kind of books, it's just so difficult for
2: me to not purchase the Cliff Notes spark notes or something really
1: like, yeah like
2: oh you said mm-hmm. a lot there man what do you what are you really got that bad
1: habit when you were in high school huh? oh my gosh it was <laughs> internet wasn't around when Ben was I n- never forget being at Barnes and Noble and like seeing a classmate going to the cliff notes section and just the shame oh <laughs> yeah
2: I had no shame until my parents found my stash
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. my dad is as a lifelong educator I always, I always took pride in the fact that I didn't ever use the Cliff Notes. Oh, it was I had like a point of, point of pride of like, I don't, I don't need that. I'm going to read the book.
2: I had a few like Bootleg, which were, those were the cream of the crop where someone the year before had purchased them and, you know, made some additional notes because they had talked to the smart person like, hey, this isn't <laughs> in the Cliff Notes and they wrote it in the margin. It was a whole, it was a strategy. What's, what's the
1: Cliff Notes uh, um, uh, Walmart version? Uh, Biff notes, <laughs> Biff note. <laughs> Cliff notes for dummies, <laughs> <laughs> the knockoff
2: version. <laughs> hey, it was a book and there were some pages. I got the m- I got the Biff notes at the Dollar General. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have. A, I actually have a recommend, and uh, I've I've recommended this in other uh, venues. But I watched this just recently, and uh, I knew it was a winner when my wife refused to watch. She's like, this is terrible, why are you continuing? But it was great, and I'm going to recommend it because I need people to make me feel better and watch it as well. It's called The English Game. In reference to soccer, it talks about, it's got just enough history and just enough internal conflict in the main character Uh, Now, you're not going to watch this like, oh my gosh, the cinematography and the, like, just get over that. But to think about the origination point of this sport, the way that it's presented, the origination point of this sport and how it went through becoming organized, how it was hijacked by blue collar and then spread across. Anyway, it's worth. I think it's worth watching because they make history seem interesting because they attach it to a guy. And I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but the character development, this is a true story, at least from their perspective. This is a true story. I think it's worth watching the English game. It's one of those things that maybe you're like cooking dinner and you want something on on the television to watch. It reaches about that level but I feel like we need some of that stuff because a lot of the other shows going on right now are so, are so intense, yeah. I man. I mean, speaking of other shows that are intense, um, I've been watching at, uh, at the recommendation of a fellow staff member at my job, uh, Defending Jacob. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, so I don't have
0: Apple TV yet, so.
2: Well, I got the free like seven-day trial. They hooked me in on that because there's another one on there that people people are saying I should watch. The Morning Show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is the only one I'm going to be able to watch if this is kind of the tone of Apple, but I'm just really wrapped up in this, again, the character development. Uh, I can't remember if there's stuff that kind of crosses the line. I I haven't run across it or or remember it, but it's one of those shows that's really intense. Defending Jacob's really intense, but you do have to get in the Apple TV game to to see it. You
0: know what? Saying The Morning Show, I am inspired. I don't know if I'd said it on this before. I think No, I know I have, but I guarantee there's people who haven't gotten around to it yet. Go watch The Newsroom. <laughs> you should have watched it by now when I recommended it the first two times. You're a dummy for not, but I forgive you this time because you're, you're going to go by watch it. you a news it. show. Yeah. You,
2: like, you're late to the game
0: with this yeah, new it's, one. It's so It's so good. It's so good.
2: Perfect writing incredible well, people are like what is this show everybody knows this show because the clip of him calling out a question yeah, yeah calling out america that clip just went crazy yeah it did and then for some reason a lot of people checked out they didn't follow up that it was a show or something when but, did that clip come out oh man it's an older it's been, show it's been around yeah, yeah. what do you, you say it's probably four four years old at this point the show, yeah, I think it's older than that. Is uh, that
0: buying time, as I'm googling, uh, talking about, and you know, in this show is Jeff Daniels.
2: Uh, <laughs> in this show, we have, yeah,
0: uh, newsroom. Uh, newsroom. The Jeff Daniels is the lead in it. Uh, it's got uh, who's the dude from Law and Order that's in it? Uh, place Charlie i never know his name. Oh, he was in Godless, too. He was not Godless. Uh, the show came out in 2012. Incredible actor. He, he Why can we
2: not remember his name? I've never known his name, honestly. Oh, but I'll man. find it
0: right now. Sam Watterson.
2: Yes, yeah, Sam. Old Sam. Old Sam. Yeah.
1: That sounds like a forgettable actor name. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> Sam.
2: Who was that guy? Was he the runner that brought lunch? No, no, he's the, he's the lead. Yeah, he's that guy, the star. So, just to clarify... You and I have talked a lot about television. Hunter recommends some classic that I have the Cliff Notes for. I think people are going to have to start choosing sides on these recommends. Just to clarify, we're still recording. Oh, sorry. Sorry.